What's up, everybody? This is the anti. No, I did it. I did it again. <laughs> See, I had it. I got it in my head. I mean, that's a good. You know, depending on where you're at in the, in the world, you're gonna either emphasize the I as an E yeah. or as a as a hard I. And I'm from Oklahoma, so I have redneck good. accent, <laughs> and my auntie's coming out. Um, all right, anti. Welcome to the Anti Film Film Club podcast. Okay, so you know it's funny. I've been thinking about this, just the name since we've rebranded, mm. and. It kind of communicates that we're all about digital. Like we don't, we're not into the, you know, we're, we're like totally the opposite of, um, Chris Nolan. Yeah. Like film is dead and it's all about digital, which is, I mean, it, it kind of is it in is. this day and age. So it, I don't think there's, there's this, there's this underlying message that the name is saying that I don't uh, know we were intentional yeah, about. I don't think it was unintentional either when I decided to, do it because um, we don't shoot film personally. Uh, yeah, the I, movies that we're talking about are not being re- released on film, bro. I think in one of these boxes behind me, I might have the last film that I shot on, which is like a mini DV tape. That doesn't even count as I mean, film. It's, it's, it's literally it's still, in the name, though. But it's digital still, video. I know, but it's still film. <laughs> it is still sort of a film, it, it yeah. Is, you know. Reusable film. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, don't read too much into it. We basically just ripped off a uh, clothing brand. But, you know. It's fun. It's, it's fun. fun. It'll it's be fine. fun. Yeah, it's great. It's good yeah. stuff. Uh, Eric, what have you been up to? Man, <clears throat> what have I been up to? That's That's wonderful. Yeah, Eric made me a coffee. It's I, delicious. It is an iced coffee mm-hmm. mocha thing. Yeah, and um, it's in a growler basically, and I drank it way too fast. So this podcast is going to have to be cut in half. It's going to my speed bathroom up. break. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, what have you been up to? <laughs> Sorry. Except we'll get the whole hour <laughs> in in a half an hour. Yes. There we go. Yeah. So Eric, what do you want to do? Um, well, I produced a couple of podcasts for my wife. Actually, she's okay. opening up a new studio. Um, here in Scottsdale. What's it called? Let's um, do some shameless plugs here. Uh, Get It Movement is the name of her gym, studio, website, app. Um, yeah, because she's doing like a, some streaming too, right? Yeah, it's so online she's doing classes. online classes and it's a boat. Basically, it's a boot. A, a boot? It's a boutique. <laughs> oh, okay. It's a boutique Pilates and it's they're cool. actually developing her and another uh, master trainer are developing a new fitness method. Cool. So they're combining a couple of different existing methods and they're creating like this new one and it's really exciting. And, and so I've been helping on the app side, just helping fill in some of the gaps as well as producing the podcast and well, let's roll back for a second. Get going. You, you mentioned the app there. You have a history of app development. I, I do. For those that don't I, know. I do, yes. I've spent 15 plus years doing uh, web applications and mobile applications. And um, yeah, I'm not, I don't do that anymore. But when my <laughs> wife needs a little help bridging the gap between the, her developer and um, the stuff that they're asking for, because I speak that language, it's easier for me to kind of help. Sure. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Um, you've been, uh, you've been listening or watching anything interesting? 
Um, well, yeah. Besides what we're going to talk about? I mean, we, there's a couple of things we're going to talk about, right? I mean, yeah. Should, are we going to break this into two? No, I mean, no, I think we'll talk about them both. Let's just, no, okay. we'll just talk about them both. So, so uh, if you want to skip ahead to our, our talk about Jungle Cruise and the Suicide mm-hmm. Squad, you can do that in the uh, show notes. But uh, before we get to that, though, I mean, you know, oh, watching snap. I forgot to put show notes in the last. That's ah, all right. It's <laughs> fine. It's our first slash 69th episode. So we all have, right. yeah, we haven't been. Back. Yeah, <laughs> I remember my first day. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I mean, uh, you've been watching anything else besides those, though? OK, I do. I've been finding myself, as per usual, d- dr- diving down many trailer rabbit holes on YouTube. Movie trailers, not yes. uh, mobile homes. Well, movie trailers and show trailers and okay. stuff that affects. So, Carnage is one. Do we have to? Uh, we, do n- we have to? No, do this? I'm just gonna. We're gonna. Okay. We're gonna keep moving. Mm-hmm. Um, one that I'm really excited about that I, you know, this this waiting thing. Like what? Where? Dude, this is 21st century. Really? We got to wait? And yes, you We're know, in a pandemic. I know the <laughs> pandemic and production and all those things are a thing. Everything so stopped. It's not yeah. just like, wait, we're season two of Loki already. Like, come on. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> I know it's lacking patience, but mm-hmm. Money Heist Part Five. Volume one, though. Yeah. Which, which means uh, they're going to break it into two. Which I'm super stoked for money. I mean, so let's talk money eyes real quick. I mean, dude, you tried to get me on it. For I like tried a year to get you half. on it for a while, but it, it, so it's a group of characters. If you don't know what the show is, jump on Netflix, go back. There's four seasons. Watch it. It's, it's great. It's awesome. They, they basically, it's a Spanish show. The actual Spanish title is Casa de Papel, yep. which is house of paper. Mm-hmm. And, they they never steal any money. The the heist was all about they they got their own paper and went in and then basically just stole the time and printed their own money. Right. So they weren't technically stealing, even though they you know they were holding hostages and you know it was a bad situation. But and so they're they're holed up in this building. For the first two seasons. For the first two seasons. Yeah. And, and it's captivating. The yeah. dialogue is in the writing and the storytelling is just fantastic. The cinematography is amazing. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's just a win on, on every front. It's definitely one of the best shows on Netflix. And it's, I don't know. I mean, if you have an issue against like, you know, I don't want to read subtitles or whatever. Just watch it dubbed then. Because it's still probably just as good. I I can't watch it dubbed now because I watched the first season first. Oh, I watched all of it with subtitles, but definitely the first season. And uh, hearing their actual voices now, if I heard anyone else as those, I'd be like, "Who is this?" Like right. I'm just so used to their their real voices now. But uh, no, it's great. It's it's one of the best. So I'm very excited for it to kind of wrap up. This is supposed to be the last season mm-hmm. of it, so I'm I'm interested to see where it's going to go. The pandemic had a huge issue on uh their production especially my coffee's coming back um (laughs) especially because of uh i mean you know uh spain and and italy and all these places yeah everywhere had a lot of like the lockdown was way more intense a lot more intense so um but yeah here we are and uh, yeah that's when is that next uh it's like next month 
Yeah, I think it's uh, September. September. Cool. I don't know the specific date, awesome. but yeah. But so you know, it's cool. I, I want to just can't can't uh, unpack the the caption. Oh yeah. Thing a little bit because you know that's a thing now, whereas before that was never a thing. And I I think people watching stuff on their phones. And maybe they don't want to have the volume up or whatever, but they can still watch a show discreetly if they're right. in the bathroom and yeah. don't you know don't want to disrupt everybody. Uh, okay, I get that element of it, but I I find that a lot of people are Wait, watching. Did you just say watching a show in the bathroom? <laughs> I mean, you're doing your business and you're like, you know, I don't want. I can't stop streaming. Got to keep going. <laughs> Like this, this, this bowel movement can't oh interrupt my, my show, you know, wow. um, what a world we live in, but, uh, you know, people at home are watching with captions on. We do. My, my, my 14 year old daughter, she's like, she'll go on and turn the captions yeah. on. And some, you know, sometimes if I've got the volume turned up, I'm like the ones that are mindful about where the captions sit. Correct. Yeah. And where the content, the relationship mm -hmm. to that, that becomes an issue for me sometimes, but yeah. most times it doesn't because I think it's, they've thought about this and, yeah. and I it's like a, a thing. A lot of the times when it, you, when it's like in the way is because it's like some third party doing it, that they outsourced it. Right. But when it's done appropriately and like, character on the left, their captions are right under them and a character on the right, their captions are under them. And it's not also then competing with like the credits or a, like a lower third or something that comes in. Right. That's because, you know, that distributor knew what yeah. to do. Like somebody actually sat through and did that appropriately. And we watch everything with the captions on. We have for years now. And, and so why? Like what, so, what, 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 well, what, what, what got weird. you to that point? It's weird because we have, like I have a sound system for our main TV. So we have a center speaker, but it feels like, especially with streaming, that they're not necessarily still mixing. Like they're still mixing like they have been in the 80s and 90s hmm. where they want everyone to have that theater experience at home. Mm -hmm. So they just boost all of the music and sound effects and then the dialogue comes down. And I call it the Nolan effect now because Nolan... Notoriously has his movies mixed where the dialogue is way low right. compared to everything else. Right. It just it crushes did. you. Right. And it's intentional for him, maybe. I, I personally can't stand it. But um, so when I watched Tenet again, I had the subtitles on. I was like, oh, that's what happened. Dude, that's funny you say that because I just watched that last week yeah. with the subtitles on. Yeah. Whereas our first experience, which we saw it together right. at the Harkins, it was like. There were so many moments where, like, what did he. Yeah, you can, huh? and and part of that was the there was an issue with the, that first release yeah. that the studio dropped, and, yeah. the, and the mix was way out of balance. But I don't but think it was it an was, issue. It, was it, still, wasn't, it was still intended by Nolan, and right. then they just the WB was just like, or whoever released yeah, it. Yeah, they just turned up the game. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, but I think, you know, now that we have a kid who is taking naps often, we're mm. turning the volume down and just okay. reading more so. Okay, that's interesting. And we watch a lot of stuff with people with accents and stuff. Mm -hmm. So every once in a while you can't catch it. Like we're watching Outlander or something, you know, like that's heavy Scottish accents right. and stuff like that. Yep. And so um, sometimes you don't quite understand it. And so we just have the subtitles on. 
and it's gotten I'm gotten so used to it now that it's like if we start something and the app or whatever doesn't automatically have the subtitles on, we're like, can you can you turn the subtitles on? <laughs> yeah, okay. exactly. That's even it. if we can hear it perfectly. But you know, I mean, going back to it, it's like I think they're still mixing things for like a big experience at home, mm. and it, it's not taking into account that like I, I think it's probably safe to say that 80 percent of TV watchers slash movie watchers at home have either a sound bar or just their TV speakers. Right. And I'm sorry, but like sound bars and TV speakers really haven't gotten to where they can replace. No, of a course, full sound system of course yet, not. You, know? it's a, you don't have a, like on mine, I have a sound bar and I have a sub. Yeah. Um, but I don't have any other additional speakers. Right. Um, and it's, you know, it's just, it hasn't been a priority. Right. Even though we do watch a significant amount of shows and, and movies. Yeah. I mean. And mine was, you know, built over time mm-hmm. as well. It wasn't like I went and spent $1,000 on a whole movie theater set up for my home. It's like, you know, I'd buy a bookshelf speaker here and there, a center speaker here and there. But, um, yeah, I just, you know, even with better sound mixing and, I thought, um, speaking of like at home movies that are action movies, you know, the Suicide Squad I thought was mixed really well along with Jungle Cruise too. They clearly mixed like a streaming mix for mm-hmm. it, um, so they didn't just like upload the theater, you know, Dolby Atmos version or whatever, and then just be like, well, best of luck. Right. And hopefully, yeah. you can hear everything. Right. Um, because I thought both of those movies um, dialogue was really clear, but again, we still kept subtitles on just because. So did we. No. You know, it's interesting because, you know, you bring up a good point, you you know, having a, having a newborn at home and kind of wanting to keep the peace when he does finally get to sleep. You're like, yeah, we want to watch something, but we're going to do it discreetly. Yeah. yeah. And um, we, the, real quick, though, because I, I want it to be clear, like, we don't we don't mute it. Yeah. Like, it's not good for complete silence. Mm-hmm. You know, the baby's got to get used to, to right. noise. Right, and that would be weird to watch. I think. Oh yeah, on mute. Yeah, because I still need that sound effects and like we 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 put him down at like seven thirty usually, and so we were in the middle of watching the Suicide Squad last night, and uh, I'm like, I'm not turning it down. Right. Like he's gonna just get used to this, which is smart because yeah. you know as he gets older, there'll be noises that are happening outside. Right. That, you know, you gotta you gotta learn how to. Yeah, he's getting more more used to the dogs barking and all that stuff. Right. So he's just, he's gonna get. He'll be fine. Um, yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah, it's because in our household it's a little bit different. My, you know, the um, my wife has some hearing impediment, and mm-hmm. I I hear really well. So when she wants to turn it up, I'm like, ah, it's too loud. Sure. Not that I'm too old. So let's just get that. <laughs> let's just just cover that right now. Was that Airheads <laughs> that I'm thinking of? Where he yeah, uh, it's he, too yep. loud. You're too old. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, it's just, you know, it's like, uh, it, it becomes harsh, mm. you know? Yeah. It's, it's the high end, the treble, treble, it like hits you weird. Right. And yeah. I can, I can listen, I, you know, I don't have to have the volume turned up and I can hear it really well. And so she likes to have the subtitles on so that, you know, it's like, oh, okay. So you can follow along yeah. even in the parts where it may not be as clear. And I think, you know, my daughter just has gotten used to it. And like you said, sometimes the dialogue is running together so, so much or there's like really heavy accents or there's some kind of 
something else and you know to be able to make sure that you're getting that information yeah. properly you right know, like oh okay got it so you can follow along yeah i don't think it hurts too that like i grew up watching you know korean movies mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. too so I've, I've always just i've always just had subtitles a part of my movie experience in a lot of ways dude there was a season of life where i would stay up till two or three in the morning just to watch all the kung fu theater yeah. stuff yeah you know so Again, no one can see <laughs> no what one you're can doing. See that. You want to fight? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> fight me. Exactly. You kill my sister. <laughs> no, you must pay. You know, and it's only like three words of dialogue, and it took you like five minutes. We need cameras for this. So we will. Finally we will. We're working that. on it. Yeah. I got a package sitting in a shopping cart online. Well, speaking of uh, situations that suck, um, so you, you sent me the Venom 2 trailer. Oh, I thought we were just going to pass. Yeah. We're going to just skip past that. I don't want to um, oh, the, because here's the, the carnage. Thing. Here's the thing. Let there be carnage. Um, it's directed by, um, I almost said Andy Samberg. That's not right. <laughs> that, but that would be hilarious <laughs> that, if it was. That would, that would, let's get um, a new cut. Who's, uh, who's the guy that, Gollum, uh, mm-hmm. Andy, no, is it Andy? Oh my gosh! Why don't I know this guy's name? Someone's yelling at me. My wife is yelling at me right now. Yeah, um, we need to get we need to get a a little uh, effect recording of her doing that. Just so you could load in booing it. me. <laughs> venom, venom! Let there be carnage! Uh, it's freaking Andy Circus. There we go. Yeah, um, it's Andy Circus. So that's like interesting to me because he's Gollum. I mean, well, he's but he, Gollum, but he was also from Black Panther. Well, yeah. Um, uh, Hand. Hand uh, was like a German name, right? Um, man, why am I Look, space? I was going to say, you can't put me on the spot and then know, not know the I'm answer. Like I'm looking at What are you doing? Yeah. Uh, anyways, someone else is yelling at us now. Yeah. Um, yeah, but he's like, he's great as an actor. Um, and then he directed that Mowgli the other like Jungle Book movie mm-hmm. that went to Netflix, I never watched it. Um, didn't hear it was great, but it makes me interested in like why he would be attracted to this series. You know, it's weird to me. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, a, a part of me is like kind of interested in that because it's like why, and also Robert Richardson. Robert Richardson, who is Quentin Tarantino's cinematographer, is the director of photography for it. And that's weird, too. But it's like Libatique doing the first one. It's like, what is... I, I don't know. I mean, is it a, a, an availability issue? Is it a... I mean... <laughs> they gave them a lot of money. Yeah. And I wonder if it's like a... Let's bring in the biggest people that we possibly can. Yeah, maybe. To try and... I don't know. But it's just uh, watching that trailer just uh, made me just sick. Like I'm interested because of the Robert Richardson, because of the Andy Circus. But uh, I, I see the trailer and I'm just like, this is more generic, like just red blob versus black blob. It's <laughs> it's just so boring looking, you know. And I don't understand why uh, Tom Hardy just like enjoys this. He must have a lot of fun on set or something, or he's just really enjoying the paychecks that he's getting i don't know i mean you know paychecks are a thing for sure but then um it's just carving out carving out a character for yourself 
that's that's a superhero character mc i mean it's technically it's not. not mcu it's about to be in a way almost it, but you know um there's the possibility of that and it's like i don't know if i was a if i was an actor and i could get on a 10-year mcu train i would absolutely do that i bet sony's even paying better than marvel right now because they're so nervous about keeping this like viable Mm. because all they have is spider-man and basically marvel has been running with that for you know what five years now has been marvel's train even though sony's still getting that box office i mean yeah I mean, but this this comes up. This brings up, I should say, a uh, a thing that you were talking about earlier with you know WB. It's the same way. Like Sony just doesn't know how to treat these properties that they have. Uh, you know, I I don't know. I think they've gone through a season, and I don't I don't know what it is, but I would argue in early two thousands with the Tobey Maguire Spider Man, they they really did a great job with that for the time for the time i mean you're talking 2003 i mean it's 20 years now and when you when you think back on you know superhero movies and that kind of thing that was a huge win it was a huge win and even when you know the i think it was spider-man 3 where he took a dark turn or whatever and (laughs) yeah it's pretty bad um it was it was still good. Like they, for for the time, nobody else had done anything to that degree, and it didn't feel like it felt like yeah, all the pieces came together right. Yeah, it was, I mean, they're definitely like, I don't know if I would consider current like MCU stuff comic book movies. They're comic book characters in movies. Or like you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, because they've taken liberties on, but the on old storylines. Like, the, yeah. the Raimi Spider-Man movies are comic book mm-hmm. in movie form. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean? So just as similar as like it is over the top and terrible as it is, Ang Lee's Hulk is straight up comic book ripoff, and it just it doesn't work. Right. But that was the whole vibe that he was going for. I don't know. I we rewatched. One and two, Spider Man one and two, recently, like last year. And they don't. One and two, <sighs> as far as the Tobey Maguire. Maguire. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get crap for this, but they don't hold up, I don't think. Um, well, you're talking, there's so much technology and. I'm not even referring to that. It's just kind of like, I don't know how, you know, I, I was, what, 2002 was when you mean the first. Storyline doesn't hold up. It's just really you mean cheesy. Production quality doesn't mm. hold up. Like, what? I think what? acting in, in, in story, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't hit all the right, same. All right, Bully Maguire's coming after you. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Tugboat Maguire. If you, don't, if you just, don't know what I'm talking about, go on YouTube and just go uh, search Bully Maguire. It's yeah. fantastic. I. I don't know. I mean, like, I have a nostalgic for them, but watching them again, it's kind of like, man, we've really come a long way. Mm-hmm. Not just in visual effects, but like, seriously, like, the, just the storytelling and and even just acting in general. I mean, Tobey Maguire, I'm, he's not a great actor, and he's also like thirty when he's supposed to be this high schooler. And I don't know how twelve year old me didn't like see that. 
you know because 12 year old you was enamored by the the swinging the, the idea of yeah, spider-man maybe. this t- telling that story on the big screen in in that way and maybe that's maybe that's what it is is we don't we no longer have comic book movies that are only for kids right we have comic book movies that are kind of either for everyone or just adults right um you don't really have like a just for kids comic book series anymore i can't think of one that would be like i mean if i can't maybe maybe there is i just don't know about it because i don't watch it because i'm not a kid anymore but um you know if you think of the, the 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 marvel like the mcu stuff is very much like every audience thing like it's it's intended for everyone well yeah i mean which is fine i'm not saying anything wrong with that but i'm just saying like if you look at the sam raimi spider-man movies spider-man movies they're yeah they have violence it's pretty hokey and over the top in a lot of ways and so it feels a little bit like it maybe is more directed towards that younger audience even though it is a pg-13 movie mm-hmm. they don't feel as grown up as where we are now mature is where we are now i feel like we're sure. making a lot more mature movie i don't i don't mean like cussing and gore no, but but I just mean like they've grown like yeah. the filmmaking of comic book movies has grown up is what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're which it should twenty years, twenty years of of development, twenty years of storytelling, twenty years of yeah technology arcs. You know, I mean, there's a lot of great scenes in Spider-Man Two, especially you know the Doc Ock stuff is almost all like fantastic. But I don't know it's something about. I just I kind of can't stand to look at Tobey Maguire anymore. I don't know why, and it just it kind of just takes me out of it. it takes hmm, me the whole experience, and then Kirsten Dunst as well. So I don't know if it's just like a retrospective thing, and it just like kind of all turns me off. To well, it, and maybe does that have to do with things that they've done since then? Well, they haven't really done things that have I don't know annoyed me or okay. anything besides Tobey Maguire kind of apparently being like kind of a, a dick. <laughs> in real life but um besides that i mean i don't really have any reason to not i think it's just something about their i don't know their persona like their aura like the way that they come across on screen hmm. it, 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 hit, it hit me really different watching it again 20 years later and just kind of like oh man this doesn't feel organic or um and that doesn't mean that doesn't really mean anything just saying that but yeah, i don't know it was it was interesting because i i wanted there to be this chemistry and it definitely just felt like actors acting oh well yeah and i could see that i can see how going backwards now yeah it's it just very much it, there's there's be like going back to kindergarten and having to you know bust out the coloring book and now you're coloring in the lines right and you, you've got these really cool shades i don't yeah. know i'm using it it's a, I mean, it's a weird analogy but i understand <laughs> what you're getting at but it's like yeah, but i mean you look at just kind of like for how little screen time they really have the, the dynamic between like gwyneth paltrow and robert um uh robert Downey jr feels kind of natural and real yeah. and organic and they yeah. clearly were like casting with that in mind sure whereas in you know earlier movies a lot of the time it was casting with the 
box office in mind, and they didn't really maybe care if oh, there okay. was a real chemistry. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I've, Kirsten Dunst had just come off of a bunch yeah. of things in the late, you know, late well, 90s. Well, she was and, new, you know, yeah. she was relatively new to the scene. Toby Maguire was relatively yeah. new to the scene at that time, so they um, they weren't like these known actors, so they didn't really have, I'm not going to say they didn't have any, but they didn't have the same degree of of experience that's fair and 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 um and life stuff and i think um but you know, that but, you make a good point but though, jumping is, ahead is, that, is you know you look at um uh, uh scarlet witch uh, um olsen mm-hmm. elizabeth olsen yep. probably the same age when she first became in the marvel movies as you know uh kirsten dunst mm-hmm. much different feel to that to that as an actor you know what i mean and again probably not kirsten dunn's fault like she was definitely written as a damsel in distress from yep. the get-go and yep. the early 2000s and late 90s were a very different time for women in movies for sure than we are now there's a lot yep. more empowerment now right so you know it was a if you just if you watch you go back and watch those Raimi movies like anyone that's not spider-man or the main villain is boring they don't have anything to really do aside from get in the way of either the villain or get in the way of Spider-Man. Yeah, interesting. And it really just kind of like, meh. I don't know. It left a bad taste in my mouth after all this time. You know, well, going I guess back to I, it, but. I guess you, you've uh, you've discouraged me from going back and yeah, don't watch it again. Any of those just ones. keep because I have a lot of great. I got yeah. a lot of great memories of that, yeah. especially watching those with Jacob. Right. You know, and those. I mean, that was his. Dude, I can't. I can't tell you. He had that movie on repeat, like over and over and over. Yeah. And and I was fine with it. Um, and he, I think, in at some there's some point at his in his young little life at that time, he actually probably thought he was the next Spider Man. Yeah. I mean, he would. <laughs> he he. We had a Halloween costume for him, and he didn't take it off after Halloween. Just wore like it all he, time. yeah, it was yeah. like I'm Spider Man now. And I don't. I, I want it to be like. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I want to make it clear that I'm not saying that they're bad movies. I'm just saying, looking at this retrospectively. Right. Yep. They're very, like, it's almost just kind of like a, is the Model T a bad car? Well, it wasn't for 1915 or whatever, you know, but it is now. Right. Obviously. It doesn't hold up. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no Bluetooth. There's no air conditioning, you know, there's no (laughs) window, no windshield, no roof. So yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's how I'm coming at it. I mean, you, you have love for those movies. Great. I'm not trying to deter you from it. I'm just looking at it from a, look how far we've come type of thing. And it just really, I said it left a bad taste in my mouth, but I think it was more of just kind of like a, I'm impressed and grateful, I guess, maybe where we are now yeah. with these DC movies, yeah. or not DC movies, but these more uh, comic book movies, you know? Okay, with the DC slip up right well. there. I mean, that could be the segue. All right, let's segue into, let's into, do the Suicide Squad first. And then so we'll I, got, I got this text yesterday from Zach, and he says, hey, can you watch, you know, it's funny, not knowing that, as he was texting me, I was actually searching Harkins for the movie ticket times. Yeah, that's funny. Considering actually going to the theater to watch it. But He's glad he squad. didn't watch it in the theater now. Um, this is shocking to me, by the he, way, and it might end our podcast. 
Well, where I enjoy Venom too, or Venom, and you don't. <laughs> you don't enjoy Venom. You enjoy what Venom makes me feel like. I, I, yeah, probably. There's probably a little bit of yeah. that. Um, yeah. So, Suicide Squad. The Suicide the Squad. Suicide Squad. Um, I didn't watch any trailers. I had, I didn't, uh, uh, other than knowing that James Gunn was directing, I, I had no prior knowledge. And I was like, yeah, I got HBO Max. I'll watch it. it you know, I can watch it before yeah. the podcast. It's all good. And I don't know. It just, it just didn't, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, all this, you know, it's a comic book movie. Suicide Squad's part of the DC universe and WB and and I just and I okay here's the thing I think because now Eric's new segment <laughs> here's the thing here's the thing what so what spit it out man what what happened was <laughs> is Eric's that, new segment what happened was yeah it would do okay I mean the DC I hate throwing shade but it, it's the the relationship to the characters the, it just as, you know, as an audience member you mean as an audience member as somebody in the audience that and we saw this with Justice League we saw this with Aquaman we saw now Wonder Woman was a was a turn and i thought that was probably the best one since Dark Knight um that come from DC but outside the scope of that it was uh the the, the relationship development with the audience in the characters is just it's a miss it's a miss and it's a miss and it's a miss and and again here, okay, so Margot Robbie's character, you know, with Harlequin, it, it, I mean, she does a great job. And I think in the in the first one, you know, like, man, she's psycho. And, and just really does a great job embodying that character. Um, and you want to go on the journey with her. But with the rest of the characters, it seems so like forced hmm. and, um, and I, I just, and I'm not a comic book nerd, so I don't know all the, all the backstory on, you know, weasel. I don't know all the, I mean, yeah, no idea. And, and so you have this, yeah, I don't know. It just, it, I appreciate what you said earlier, though. You said something to the fact... I'm cutting all of this out because this is trash. That's fine. <laughs> I'm taking way too long to get there. Um, but you said something earlier while we're having breakfast about um, it's a little bit of trolling, like James Gunn yeah, trolling. Yeah, I think I so. I really like that idea. I'm like, oh, If okay. you really think about it, because <laughs> what he's doing is he's grabbing these absolutely ridiculous characters, he's putting mm -hmm. them in this movie, and it's a little self-deprecating. I mean, mm -hmm. you have to look at it that way. Because yeah, like, for sure. Yes, Marvel has ridiculous characters too, but DC, because they've been around, they were around, you know, what twenty years more than Marvel was. So they've they've had to create all of these just weird characters. Mm -hmm. So you get things like Polka Dot Man and okay, Polka Dot Man was Rat Catcher, one of the best parts of this. Sure, movie. and we'll get to that. 
But what I'm trying to say is like, then you have Weasel. Okay. And then you have Arm Fall Off Boy. And it's like, you have all <laughs> these know, characters like, that are that are clearly very stupid. Yes. Okay. Very, yeah. very. I like, roll yes. like deep sigh. You like, can never you take ki- them seriously. Yeah. And so he puts them in the movie. And to yeah. me, that's him just going, look how stupid this is. Let's have right. fun with it. Right. And it's that's not. That's what it felt like. It's not necessarily poking fun at DC. Like, haha, DC is stupid. But it's just like him. <laughs> but the underlying well, message kind of says It kind that. of is, sure. <laughs> but at least he's having fun with it. And it's it's him in a way paying respects like or homages to those characters by putting them in this. Yeah. But at the same time it's like the characters are ridiculous to begin with. I mean it does okay, so yeah, you I when I when I was watching this, you know, there's some there's some great songs in this movie that were that that oh, reminded that, me That was one thing I wanted to talk about. Yeah, go ahead. Of Guardians. Well, like, sure. Okay, one of the big wins from Guardians was the soundtrack was mm. amazing. And yeah. it was these great nostalgic songs that got repurposed and they and it was and it fit the story oh, and it was awesome. Yeah. Um I mean you you bring up the point of like these ridiculous characters, right? Well, when I first saw the trailer for Guardians I'm like, no. A I'm raccoon in like, a tree. Uh, what is talking this? animals yep. in in some kind of <laughs> hashtag weed. not my Marvel. Yes. Yeah, so I'm like I'm like, nope, <laughs> not doing like seriously. Yeah. I was like hard and fat. If there's a talking animal in in the, and I'm not doing it. Sorry. It's safe to say now that Guardians is your Dude, second favorite one MCU of the yeah. best ones in the whole yeah. MCU. I was right. like, oh. And so weird characters, mm-hmm. right? And it was like Wait, and even my wife goes, he's not cute like Rocket. I'm like, no. my wife knows who Rocket is. Yeah, and, right. and, you know, she's not the Marvel nerd in the house. So, and she was like, at least he's cute. And I was like, yeah, but it's funny that you made the association. Right. Right. This big furry. And <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just yeah. all right. So Eric didn't like the characters. Okay, at okay. All. Here, here's here here's the thing. Can, can we here, get into here's, spoilers? Here's the new segment. Can we of get here's the thing? Can we <laughs> can we get into spoilers? Um, I mean, I mean, I haven't really talked about it at all <laughs> before, but yeah, I mean, I, I, oh, look, um, if if you haven't been to the movies since the pandemic calmed down, and then now it's not again, but whatever, um. Go see it in a theater if you love if you love James <laughs> Gunn's vibe. Now this dude, is, I love James Gunn. But have you ever that seen Super the, the Thing? Um, or Slither? Like, did you see either of those? I don't recall. So this is very much Guardians of the Galaxy with Super mixed in, and Super is incredibly violent and gory and graphic and yeah, you know, it's because James Gunn came from this like I wasn't expecting the gore. The gore like yeah. was a shock. Well, that's it the was. Point it was it like too. Tarantino gore. Like, it's, I think it's even worse. Yeah, <laughs> it's even crazier. It is, I think. but you know, comic but, but, version but, of right. Tarantino. Sure, I guess it is a little bit. Yeah, that's not actually a terrible way to put that. Is it's very much if Tarantino did a comic book movie. Because uh, it is over the top. Gore. I'm it's totally not, holding back with spoilers. Right it's now. not like uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, it's not like gross 
gore. I mean, it's gross, but it's not like no, uh, but it's more shocking. Yeah, but it's, it's more also like, in your face. Yeah, <laughs> but it's also it, kind of got like a little bit of humorous undertone to it when it happens most of the time too. So I mean, it, so it doesn't take I itself super see, seriously. I can see that. You got to so, be in the right mental sure. space. <laughs> but what I'm saying is like when we watched it, my wife and I, we, we watched it and something did happen that was like shocking. We would go, oh, and then giggle. Okay. Because you probably had the right mindset yeah. going into maybe, it. Maybe like that's you, what you it had was. Some, you had the right perception or the right expectation where perhaps my expectation was wrong you were thinking guardians but dc uh yeah i'm 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 i was cautiously optimistic Mm. because it was james gunn the caution was because it was dc right sure yes and yeah i guess that's probably uh, it's gonna this is gonna freak out a lot of people that go into it expecting marvel dc basically because it's not it's it's definitely more gosh i would even i would even put it towards like the hellboy like third party mm. comic mm-hmm. you know, like dark horse or mm-hmm. something yeah yeah yep like somebody else's comic book series yeah. that they made Th- that's more what it feels like it doesn't it doesn't really f- it definitely doesn't feel like a dc movie it doesn't to me. Fi- yeah it doesn't feel mainstream it comic at all it felt yeah. more marvel but i think that's just because of it has a couple of quips it's james gunn you know so well, and it's got taika and it's got uh, spoilers and- i guess oh sorry <laughs> well i mean if you yeah, the first five minutes of the movie has the credits and he's in it. So you don't. We didn't tell you what it was. It's, not, it's honestly not a big part either. Yeah. Um, it's just let me know when I can give the spoiler. Yeah, all right, fine. Anyways, I recommend seeing it if you have HBO Max and you're curious. Watch it for sure. I was gonna watch it either way. Yeah, but I probably won't watch it again. I wanted to watch it as soon as it was done. I wanted to watch it again. Wow. Did you watch through the the credits also? The end credit okay. scene. Yeah. I did both yeah. of them. Yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I recommend going to see it, especially if you love James Gunn. I mean, I'm I'm a, I'm the guy that grew up on the cheesy Friday the Thirteenth movies. I mean, yeah. So, so you know, I you know, but I'm like, but you grew up, I, but when, I don't like horror, either, right? So, but you that. grew up, you grew up thinking, oh, gross, on the Friday the Thirteenth movies, and like, ooh, spooky. And I grew up laughing at them. Yeah. See, different. Right. Totally different. So yeah, our, I mean, what does that say about the millennials? We're just completely desensitized to everything <laughs> probably yeah probably all right yeah. well that's why i loved it uh i mean i you know i was i i got insomnia for a while after nightmare in elm street so wow. you know, that was i mean i thought freddie was cool <laughs> <laughs> man all right that's a big difference all right i i say go see it eric says skip Let's I mean, get into spoilers. Let's there right. you go. Whoop, whoop. Spoiler alert. Spoilers ahead for the Suicide Squad. If you haven't seen Suicide Squad, go stop this podcast. Go watch it if you care to. Or if you're excited about it, all good. Go do the thing and then come back and press play. You have been forewarned. Spoilers ahead. Whoop, whoop. All right, get it out of your system. <laughs> um Okay, dude, the three here's the here's the thing. Here's the thing, <laughs> volume three. Dude, when I saw Michael Roker's character right in the opening scene with the racquetball and in that whole I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yondu. Oh my. Here, here's he's James Gunn. Where okay. am I going? And he's got Yondu in there. And I'm like, okay, this is gonna be I'm like, okay, cool. I'm 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 in. I'm in. Yep. And then boom. Pete Davidson, I'm like, oh, I'm all in. I'm like to- totally juiced on what this is going to turn out to be. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of Pete Davidson. I, I love his humor. And um, we're in spoilers, right? So what, he says like six words. I do. They're <laughs> dead in five minutes. It, it was the best thing. They were dead. I all was right, like, right. oh. I want to unpack this though, because <sighs> I understand that you're pissed off about it. But here's. Here's the thing. So it volume was a, four. It, it was let down. It was a massive letdown right out of the gate. I want you And to, I was like classic uh, DC. Totally. Uh, no, just hang on. Fail. I want you to look at this differently. I'm gonna I'm gonna convince you right here. Okay. Michael Rooker is heavily associated with James Gunn. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. He's in almost yeah. every single yeah, one of his movies. Been, they've worked together for many years. Crazy relationship yeah. for yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yondu dying in Guardians Volume 2. It's a big thing. It's emotional. Yeah, I Huge. cried. I cried when Yondu died. So. At his funeral, I was a mess. The absolute smartest thing for James Gunn to do is to write this movie to start out with an actor that you know and that you think is going to maybe go through it and then kill him off in the first five minutes because you're opening with the scene and he, you're, you're showing him being this badass with this tennis ball kills this bird with perfect aim or whatever, and then walks off and goes and does this, you know, this beach excursion or not excursion, but whatever I'm trying to say storm and then dies. But it's because he's playing off of the psycho trope where they yeah. had, you know psycho yeah. notoriously had this big name actress who is the one that's killed in the you know the first 20 minutes of the movie and right. people just were like what you right. can't do that yeah and so what he's doing is he's setting up the tone immediately to be like you have absolutely no idea what's about to happen and he's right i did not yeah. expect every single character to die from that first wave of people uh i mean they kill off captain boomerang like immediately. Every, everyone's Everyone. done except for colonel flag and, Mar- and uh harley, and quinn. harley quinn yeah yeah but the other thing too is i didn't expect them to kill off colonel flag either and they do that wow you just went right for that spoiler right in the beginning we're in the spoilers oh you're right you're right yeah we're in you're the not spoilers. wrong i'm not <laughs> but i just thought that by doing that, by having, first of all, Pete Davidson is the first one to die. I know. He gets his face completely blown uh, off. I I know. And it's great because. No, it's not great. Yeah. Can you imagine? I, um, I, that's the whole point. He hired all of these characters to be these, these are these actors to be these characters purposely to subvert expectation. Now, subverting expectation has become this like huge meme ever since star Wars, the last Jedi came out and whatever. But James Gunn knows how to do it appropriately and like masterfully. And as soon as it happens, you're like, I have absolutely no idea where this movie's going. Yep. And it completely takes away any sort of I'm gonna I'm gonna guess or I'm gonna I already know what's gonna happen. Yeah. And to me, it was perfect storytelling and I loved every second of it. Yeah. Okay. I'm convinced I'm gonna go back and watch it again. You have to watch it again. I think yeah. you will now that you know what is going yep. to happen, I think you right. will actually enjoy it more a second I, time. You're probably, okay, there, here are some things that I did enjoy about it. Let's even go. Even though, dude, the flowers 
coming out of because oh, she's know, a princess the, yeah i know and dude, the birds the, so like the, the disney yeah, yeah dude that was it's hilarious great. Dude. And it looks okay. it looks incredible and too. it was so and that was a nod back to her her made major fight scene from the first one where she goes in into the police headquarters and totally you oh, know birds, just in birds of prey yeah birds of prey. yeah and and so it was you know it was like this is fantastic. Yeah. My wife's like, what is that? I'm like, those are flowers. Those are flowers. Like, and then little birds. Yeah, and dude, it was great. It was yeah. hilarious. I just, I love the line because it's, it's, it's such a James Gunn thing to like set up something so small at the beginning and then have it pay off huge later on. Well, and with such a stark contrast yeah, too. Right. She's going in, like, she's totally just mutilating all of these. <laughs> I mean, but it still has the blood in it gir- too. Yeah. It's not like, it, well, and there's a it point me, where it switched. Sorry. I mean, cause but when it switches and the blood turns into the flowers. Right. Dude, that was awesome. It made me think of in Kill Bill where it goes to black and white. Mm. And because that was a, a studio was like, hey, can you, we need less blood in this to get the R rating instead of an X rating. And so Tarantino said, oh, cool. We'll just do this. You know, we'll have her blink. And then in the blink, um, switches to black and white. And then they have the sword fight with the crazy 88. And, um, it, yeah, but you're just taking the red color out. Sure. But <laughs> here, I thought it was interesting because at first I was like, oh, they probably had a studio note where it was like, hey, this is going to be a really violent scene. Can you can you kind of make it not so violent somehow creatively? And he was like, yeah, sure. But then you still see the flowers and stuff, and then there's still blood splattering onto this, the camera, you know, like and all this stuff. So it's still incredibly violent. Yeah. Um, but then it's juxtaposed with this, like, Disney princess singing mm-hmm. dancing flowers and birds yeah. and, and it's just it's just fantastic and only the way that like james gunn can do lately and i loved it i thought um all the harley quinn stuff was really fun mm-hmm. um she's clearly having a lot more fun with this than i think she had so far before any of this and um idris elba is fantastic in it i thought he's great and uh when i saw when i saw him i was like because again the only thing i knew going into it was james gunn directed it i didn't know he wrote it yep i didn't know who was in it other than probably margot robbie and um margot robbie and uh uh that was it that was all i knew so when i see as as it starts to unfold so you can see how without any of those i didn't no trailers, no any prior knowledge, and then it starts to unfold, and these amazing characters are gone. I'm like, all the wind just got knocked getting, out of me. Getting let down every time yeah. someone died. And then Idris Elba shows up. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Oh, and there's John Cena. Oh, okay, you know. And then it start. Then then the story yeah. starts to develop, you know. And it's. Um, I thought the way that time was edited was a really interesting. Like yeah, like eight minutes earlier. Right. I wasn't expecting right. that. And then yeah. it was really cool because um, they do like the three days earlier thing mm-hmm. up top. And then you're like, oh, there's two teams. And then they don't even focus on that first team that gets totally mauled, mm-hmm. da- uh, mowed down at the beginning. But um, yeah. And then the eight minutes earlier one, we're just like hanging out with King Shark for a minute. Yeah. Like he's just walking up yeah, the stairs yeah, and, and all those little like evil yeah but they're little, cute they're right? cute and then their yeah. teeth come out and, <laughs> and then like i remember my wife and i were watching and then their teeth come out and they start attacking them and we we both just kind of go oh like we were like we were like sad that this dopey i mean he's basically like a i don't know like a like a 
like an elephant, you know, or yeah. like a or like an Eeyore or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sort of, because he's just so kind of like, <laughs> you know, like a kind of like a big old dog or something, you know. And we felt but bad. But he's for a shark. Him. But he's a giant shark, and he wants to eat people. Yeah, um, yeah that's funny. But it was great. I, I think you know using King Shark and Sylvester Stallone's voice as King Shark is great. And uh, it's num just a, num, I, man, you gotta watch it again. I think you'll like it better this. You did time. catch that when I texted you this yes, morning, right? Yeah, num, about, num. I'm like, would you like some num num? num? Yeah, yeah. making some breakfast burritos. <laughs> I love when they're walking <laughs> walking through the streets at the end, and he's just like pointing. He's like, num num, num num, <laughs> and then Bloodsport's like, no, not num num. And then they they have one. He has one last point, and he just goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. basically, it ends with Bloodsport, Harley Quinn, King Shark, and Ratcatcher Two is yeah. all all that's left. Yeah. Do you think they'll do another one? Do you think they'll think, bring I Gun mean, back? I, I mean, or do you think that Gun has got it out of his system and now he's ready to? Because this brings us up to the next thing: is the end credit scene mm-hmm. with Peacemaker, right? Still alive? Not really a Peacemaker, but yeah, mm-hmm. Peacemaker in his own way. Yeah, sure. Uh, they're doing an HBO Max TV show. Ah, uh, I could see of that. Peacemaker I with John that. Cena, like a tie-in. Uh huh. And yeah. James Gunn it directed the first three episodes oh. and the last two episodes okay. of an eight-episode series. So, um, he's not fully out of it yet you know i mean it's not yeah. really a sequel i mean it, i guess it kind of is because it's going to take place after um but yeah i don't know if they'll bring him i mean the suicide squad too i mean i the thing is, is i would love to see it again with because i thought idris elba was great king shark you know Ratcatcher, like all of the emotional characters that you're connecting to at least that i okay, did but the one yeah definitely survived definitely you know? um so there's a there's a relationship that they've they've successfully established with Harlequin. Yeah, I think the the relationship with the King Shark really worked. Yeah, I agree. Um, on this again, it like, was another Groot it was, slash it, yeah, Rocket yeah, yeah, yeah. situation. It was, a, it was a like he's very endearing, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. so it, it, it as absurd as he looks and and the character is. Um, there's an endearing quality about it that that you're you want to see him win. Yeah, like you 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 you're you're cheering for him. Yeah, um, and the chemistry that's developed, you know, between Bloodsport and Harley Quinn and that whole thing, that works, even with Ratcatcher too. Um, but the character that I di- I I totally was into died. Which one? Polka Dot Man. Oh, I, I know. I mean, Polka Dot Man was like... I didn't think they it were It didn't take long to really connect, connect with him yeah. and and want to see him win. Mm-hmm. He was definitely the most human he, out of he, all of yeah. them. You know? and, but, but probably had the most superhero power yeah. out of all of them. For sure. And, and <laughs> I mean, it was great and absurd and you, want, and you wanted... And you were cheering for him at the time and then that's it. He's done. Yeah. Starro stepped on him, and that was it. Mom, Mama Starro. Yeah, the special effects, the create, the creative, the art direction, like it, it's it's a beautiful movie. It's again, it's shot by the same guy that filmed uh, that was a cinematographer for Guardians Two. Um, so it's that same team, and uh, I'm just super impressed with the overall aesthetic of the whole movie. I loved again. We were talking about this earlier at breakfast, but 
I love how bright it is. Yeah. How they weren't afraid to have the final boss scene in the middle of the daytime. Yeah, that was you could that was see cool. everything. You know, the the camera work was great. There was yeah. never a moment where I was like, "What the heck is happening?" They never used something to hide something. You know, like to, no, yeah, it was yeah, it was everything very was just out. very much in front of you. Yep, and, yep. Uh, and everything's was, on the table. Yeah. yeah, and I have a lot of respect for filmmaking like that. Um, yep. That doesn't try and hide behind stuff or. Um, be like, oh, well, the CG budget is like, well, no, just reroute where the CG budget is. Like, cut cut costs somewhere else so that you can yeah. have the, that money where you need it. It felt like this was very much a movie that had money where it needed it and used it appropriately. I was very impressed from it, just from a filmmaking standpoint. Um, and yeah, I think you got to watch it again. I think you'll like it. I will. I will watch it again. And I'm gonna. I I think now that I understand where it, it came where it's coming from and where it's going yeah it's going to be easier to enjoy the first like i think you might even find that whole first beach scene yeah. hilarious now because you know for sure how ridiculous i mean my wife and i were laughing our butts off when arm fall off man is like his arms are getting shot and he's just on the ground like screaming because right, he yeah. can still feel it even though he's not. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So, that, so the ridiculousness and absurdity of a lot of things in this film took you out of it. It took me out of it Yeah, because I didn't have the proper expectation going into sure. it. So but a lot of that's on me. Well, um, I don't know if, you know. And well, so, I mean, I guess because you didn't watch the trailers, but that shouldn't be, you know, that shouldn't be for everything. It shouldn't. But, you know, I think... I, my dissatisfaction with it was was really you know and i think we as as movie watchers as the audience we need to take responsibility that's we fair. don't we don't just get to sit back and criticize every little thing that's like right. we have to take responsibility on hey did i walk in with the right expectations because yep. if i'm if i'm walking in with expectations of of something to be like you know uh I well, I have a I have a really good example of that. Yeah, I just did this um, last week. I had pink eye, so I, I stayed home for a couple of days um, from work. How and did I not know this? Yeah, it's just pink eye. It's fine. I know, but still. Yeah, my son had it. My son gave it to my wife, and the wife gave it to me. Or I don't know. Wow, just one big happy family. Great. <laughs> Daycare is fantastic. <laughs> Thanks a lot. But um, yeah, it's I did this with uh, again HBO Max Space Jam. A new legacy. Oh, didn't watch. That's the one with don't, LeBron. Don't watch it. Not gonna. It's absolutely terrible. It might be. It, I think it's in the top five worst movies I've ever seen. I, I I saw some of the trailers or some clips from yeah. the trailer, and I was like, uh, it no. The problem with it, and I went into it knowing that it was going to be terrible, and so my expectation was obviously met in a negative way, you know, and that's on me. But it's also just a bad movie to begin with. So I think, you know, it didn't help that I went into that thinking, oh, this is going to be awful. I'll just yeah. watch it, whatever. But it's awful. Like, and it's such a movie that was made by a committee. Again, this is another Warner Brothers movie. And it was made by a bunch of boardroom people. And you can tell. And they even, like, poke fun of it in, in the movie that the idea behind it is stupid and very corporate. And it's just silly. And... They didn't treat it, though, as if that was the joke. They treated it as if, no, this is actually a good idea. We'll still do it. And instead, it, it ends up being just one of the worst cash grab movies 
built by committee that I've ever seen. It's such a, it's such a corporate factory driven like well, movie that and the thi- it's so frustrating. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. From a different point of view, from a different perspective, I looked at it like LeBron is trying to do everything that Michael Jordan did. It's yeah. not that way at all in, in the movie itself. Okay, you know? but yeah. fine. But that's the, the from a marketing oh, standpoint. From a real from, life, from yes. Like, no, dude, no, no. Not the like, same. Don't like stay in your lane. Yeah. Like you're a great basketball player. Jordan was a great basketball player. I know that there's a ton of arguments out there about who's the goat and all this uh, and and whatever. A lot of people got a lot of different opinions on that, and that's fine. But that particular element was like, oh, you're just following everything that that, yeah. he, that he did so that you can say, uh, I, uh, I was just like, no. Yeah, incredibly like, frustrating. I'm like, nope, not doing it. It was just that simple. It's terrible. Well, let's, let's do a real hard, uh, uh, what, what, what's a, a, a boat break here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little. It's a, what's a hard right? Hard right. Uh, let's just crank the, what am I? I don't know boat terms. Anybody out there? No boat terms. I don't yeah, know. Hard I, starboard. Hard starboard. Is that? Yeah. Okay. The start. Yeah, but, what do you use the rudder to go to the make a turn? Wow. Yeah. How about hey, that? Hey, I got one word. <laughs> We're of course talking about the jungle cruise now. Okay. These two movies couldn't be c- complete polar opposites any more than they are. I disagree. I think they're perfect back to back films to watch. <laughs> I mean, one's very family, wholesome, bad dad joke filled, and the other one is uh, not Hide, hide your kids. Yeah, hide yeah. your kids, hide your wife. Um, Speaking I, of, the wife hates rats, by the way. Oh, so yeah, it's that not was, a good one. That was a, that was a big mess yeah. for her blood sport. We're like, oh, I can identify. Yeah, that. right? There's a real connection there. Uh, Jungle Cruise, though, I haven't had so much like wholesome fun at a movie in, yes. a, in, in a long time yes dude jungle when it's you, <laughs> it's the mummy meets like indiana jones the last crusade meets yep. uh meets the the ride i guess the jungle ride cruise. It's so very Disney's much been the ride. doing this thing with the rides making well, the rides movies. the third movie yes well if you don't count five of the pirates of the well, caribbean i don't um, first one's the only good one in my opinion um, in this this movie, the Jungle Cruise, I'm talking about, very much feels like the first parts of the Caribbean. It capturing that the, there's, that there's, aesthetic yes, of the ride while yep. also creating more uh, what do you want to say like lore, more story, story, yeah. And uh, yeah, I thought The Rock is great in it. He so I did very see some very cl- against normal typecast. Yeah, felt. I did see some clips. And I was intrigued, but yet when the when it when it dropped, I was like, hmm, I was kind of meh. I'm yeah. not sure if I'm gonna. Did you, you go know. see it in the theater? Or did you no, Disney I, Plus? I watched it, it on Disney oh, on my Plus. Disney Plus. Yeah, when you when you texted me and said, <laughs> "Hey, by the way, I I I uh, got Jungle Cruise." Yeah, I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." Yeah. I felt like this was I can sit with my daughter Anyone, and chill yeah. and watch it, and so we we did, and it was so much fun. I was like, I didn't see the twist coming. No, um, but like you said, it it had all the the bad, you know, like, hey everybody, yeah. the, you know, the, watch your step as you're getting into the boat, and watch your head because if you bump your head and miss your step, watch your language because small children are present, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Just the cheesy, 
uh, bad dad joke. The thing. stereotypical. If here's the thing, I think you would maybe find this movie and like absolutely obnoxious mm-hmm. if you didn't have a love respect for the original, the actual ride itself. Yeah, like you, the real ride. You, yeah, if you had a point of reference from the ride, yeah. then it makes sense. And then you're like, oh, and it it doesn't hit you right away because, you know, they're developing the story a little bit as you jump in. But as as it gets going, you're like, oh, yeah. I mean, I went on that ride as a kid and I've been on it dozens of times. You were there when it opened. Oh, dude, let's not go there. (laughs) I was not there when it opened. I know. But I thought (laughs) that it did a good job of... Paying homage to the the ride itself yep. with the you know with the dialogue and the dad jokes in that first scene that you see with the rock, yep. and it it does one of those things that I think is common in a lot of current comedy where it kind of takes a joke and then just keeps going with it until it's like not funny and then it keeps going even further until it becomes funny again right yeah how much mileage can you get out of right you have this whole thing where he's got this tour that he's doing and it's just dad joke after dad joke and the first one hits and you're like huh that's funny it's just like the ride and then you know there's like six more and you're like okay and then he just keeps going you're like okay this is hilarious because Mm -hmm. it's just like really playing into that and he the way that Dwayne Johnson is like presenting it or acting it or, you know, like being however he was directed for it is so different than what he usually does where he's usually, I mean, he's like, granted he is like, you know, the action guy in this movie still, but I felt like the way that he was the skipper, especially for the tour guide. And when he's talking to Emily Blunt and stuff, he's so subdued and like just subtle. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, whenever he's saying things, it's just it's is... so dry mm-hmm. and so straightforward. Mm-hmm. And, and to me that I loved that Yeah, because it was very much different than the big, the big boisterous Dwayne Johnson that we always get, <laughs> you know? And I loved it. I thought that was great. It was a really great direction twist. And it also, I mean, who it, doesn't love the backside of water? The ninth, ninth <laughs> wonder, eighth wonder of the world, ninth wonder of the world. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> go take a picture. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was great. And then it also, it's not only like a direction choice to have him acting that way. It also plays into the story later, which we'll it, get into with spoilers. But totally does. It, it once you like, well, let's just get into spoilers. Anyway, go watch Jungle Cruise. Like it's, it, especially if you have kids or something like it's so much fun. It well, felt like the mummy from 99 meets Pirates of the Caribbean meets Last Crusade meets. Uh, I don't yeah, know. there's you know, a lot like, of really cool. Uh, what, what's the what's the Michael Keaton? Not Michael Keaton. Um, Michael Douglas, uh, Jewel of the Nile. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, those yeah. movies like it, yeah. just, it had that vibe to it. Romancing the Stone. Uh, yeah. Congo Queen. Yeah. Um, or Afri- African Queen with. Uh, I don't know. But hey, if you look left, you'll see Toucans playing their favorite game of beak wrestling. But there's only one drawback. <laughs> only two can play. Make him stop, mommy. That's what. He, <laughs> that's what one of the girls says. And he goes, "I'll never stop." It's great. Oh, it's, I think it's, it's great. Anyways, you recommend it? Well, f- for sure, yeah. I totally recommend it. And it, it, I, I, I walked into this not having super high expectations. I had zero expectations. I was like, mm, 
Uh, I'm intrigued. I do like The Rock. I I think there's a lot of stuff that he's in that I feel like he does a great job. He's probably one of the hardest working dudes in Hollywood. I don't know how he I ever mean, has any free time. I, I mean, seriously. Uh, but I but I think he's enjoying it, and it comes out in you know in the filming. Yeah. I mean, even with Jumanji, you know, I've and watched just a always lot having of behind fun. the scenes yeah. stuff, and and I'm like. Dude, this 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 is a good dude to be fun to hang with. Yeah, you know? and I think the chemistry between him and Emily Blunt is great. The chemistry and the in in is fantastic. Yeah, and it go, it goes a long way. So uh, definitely check it out. Let's get into spoilers now for Jumanji or Jumanji basically nineteen uh, thirties Jumanji. What is this movie called? The Jungle Cruise. Jungle Cruise. And the rocks you see here are sandstone, but some people just take them for granite. He's reading quotes from IMDb, it I'm guessing. one of my bolder attractions. <laughs> They're great. They're really good. And they just keep going. Oh, dude. I loved it. Well, before this job, I worked in an orange juice factory. But I got canned. I couldn't concentrate. Because <laughs> they put the squeeze on me. <laughs> Eric is dying now. <laughs> it's so good it's so good all right spoilers i mean spoilers you're a dad now so you're, you you have full oh, pass for the bad dad jokes I know. like you yeah i know yeah. i can't wait to i can't wait for him to understand them yeah um or you know maybe he shouldn't be able to understand them that's that's part of the funniness um spoilers for jungle cruise the twist of him the twist being like the boa constrictor that can eat up to 500 pounds okay. per sitting. Uh-huh. I find that hard to swallow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to finish this. <laughs> Back to the twist. The actual twist. Uh, <laughs> so Dwayne Johnson's character being like 400 years old. Wait, what? Plays into the whole, like him being very subtle and I've seen it all mm-hmm. before attitude. Right. Yeah. It is it is probably the first twist in a long time that I had no idea was coming and I loved it. It, yeah. it completely caught me off guard. I was very, very surprised yep. that I didn't pick up on something or see something right. earlier. Right. Um maybe people would call that lazy writing, but I was so happy to be I don't tricked. think it was lazy writing. I felt like it was it was a subtle I think I mean, if you watch it again, you might just, pick up on more things. Well, sure, because now you know what to expect. Right. So I'm wondering, I mean, I haven't watched it again yet, but I do wonder, though, if I would be like, now that I know that, be like, oh, so that's why he's this way or that's why he does this thing. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, just, I had so much fun with this movie that it's like, it's frustrating that no one else is really talking about it or seeing it because it was a lot of fun. And I think... I want more movies like this. Yeah. Um, not to say that I want every week to be a new adventure movie coming out, but I, I think I miss that. I miss the adventure movies that we used to have. We don't have them anymore. We either have like shoot 'em up John Wick movies, which have their place, love it, or we have like Fast and the Furious action movies, and that's it. We only have like kind of two like the adventure movies have kind of died off. Right. You yeah. know, in a lot of ways. Yeah, we, you, you know, yeah. you really had, you had the mummy and then you had the mummy returns. Well, and, then and you then had it was about Raiders. It. You had a whole like. Sure. I but Indiana Jones has just gone downhill, you know, since the fourth one. And who knows what this new one coming up is going to be like. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for it because it is a new director. Um, you know, George Lucas doesn't really have anything to do with it, which 
good or bad, I don't know. I mean, him not having anything to do with the most recent Star Wars movies was kind of a bad, but I don't know. Um, I'm excited for it because James Mangold's a, a seasoned director. He knows what he's doing. I mean, Ford versus Ferrari is fantastic. Logan was fantastic. So it's hard. It's hard to be like, pessimistic about it um, right and indiana jones is by far like i don't know top three franchises of my entire life so i'm, I'm just interested to see where it goes but we just don't have those adventure movies anymore right and i don't know why i don't know if it's because we have youtube and we can act we can go and see the real amazon in a right. click of a button right. and so people just got kind of like well why do i want to pay to go see a fake you know, adventure movie, if I can just, I don't know. There's no, there's like, to me, this, these types of movies are what true escapism cinema is. Right. Yeah. Because this is not something that like I can necessarily relate to or connect to on like a, I could go do that level. It's, it's all very much fantasy and fun. Right. And outlandish with, knowing that it is all of those things right because now it seems like the only the the adventure movies are really more you know what's the the next unknown frontier which is space right yeah so it, it becomes sci-fi as much as i love space movies yeah. there's there is you know a lot more of those than these adventure movies and i think the fact that it takes place in the 30s or I, I, maybe it was earlier i couldn't i couldn't tell if it was world war one or two, because uh, I when think she's, it felt like World War Two. Okay, because she's in she, when she drop, drops on the double decker. But oh, the double decker bus. I guess that would be two then, because they didn't have those during World War One. So yeah, it would have been gearing up to World War Two then, because yeah. she falls on the bus full of the army guys, just hey, shipping off guys. And yeah, it was like nineteen twenty-seven. Okay, that would make sense then. The uh, beginning well, of. For, for for Great Britain at least. Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, twenty nine, somewhere in there. And then making the the bad guy a German. Right. Um but he had but he was still like between era German. Like right, his yeah. his uniform yeah. was it felt a little like Franz Ferdinandi, like World War One mm-hmm. kind yep. of so yeah, it was definitely probably in the it was probably in the twenties. Um I loved that it took I like that. I like those era movies. Uh, and I don't know if you can you can't really do a modern adventure movie anymore the last one that did it well that took place in, at least in the it's not modern now but took place in the time that it was was the goonies right yeah and i can't think of any other modern adventure movie that takes place in this in it in the time that it's you know basically being released well this is actually you know maybe we're uncovering not that it's not you know we're uncovering it it's already out there but um but we're shining a light on the fact that Maybe there's a space for that type of movie I to come back. I think there is. Maybe that's right? why. Like any new filmmakers that are excited to do something, like, not necessarily different, but that that is a nod back to these these great adventure these movies pulp, of the past. Pulp, yeah. yeah, pulp comic that, movies. And um, I mean, because there's still archaeologists today yeah. that are uncovering things that have, have been right. buried in the sand for 4,000 years. Yep. Um, I think that was a big part of the intrigue at Indiana Jones was that whole oh, I want to be a treasure hunter or yeah. I want, you know, I want to be some kind of archaeologist. And I think there's something to that too is that's why Indiana Jones has never stopped trying to make movies. Now, a Crystal Skull sucks, but 
that's not necessarily like the adventure film no, format's then, fault. Yeah, because then you 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 hit some chords that really win, yeah. and then the studio is like, "Oh, let's play those chords as long as we can and to I don't make know as the, much as yeah, we can." The studio doesn't necessarily realize what chords were played correctly, right? And that worked because you know you look at why Raiders works and Temple of Doom at the time didn't necessarily the same way. I still right. love Temple of Doom. Especially now as an adult, like it makes a lot more sense to me, and, sure. I, and I and I get it more, and I connect to it a little bit more. Um, but then you know, Last Crusade to me, Last Crusade I think might be my favorite one, and that's just because of the dynamic between Harrison and uh, Sean Connery, Sean Connery like, yeah. it's just fantastic. Yep. Um, and in Last Crusade feels fully realized. Like if they would have had the time and the budget that they had for the Last Crusade during Raiders, because Raiders, I mean, if you think about it, Raiders is almost essentially like an indie movie. Yeah. You know, it was uh, Harrison Ford was pretty much unknown. He had just done star Wars. And so it was like 80. So this, you know, it's between mm-hmm. movies or whatever. And so, yeah, it's, it's interesting to think that of all of the adventure movies that have lasted, the only ones that we still have are Indiana Jones and pirates of the Caribbean kind of. Right. And that's it. There's, right. there's no, adventure franchises that are still going on. I mean, they tried to reboot the mummy, but again, they did the fast and the furious thing where they try to make it just this loud and obnoxious action movie. Right. With a big old monster at the end. And it's just, it doesn't work the same because you lose that, that intrigue, that luster of like a a time once was, and you Mm -hmm. don't want to travel back to that time, which is why I think the jungle cruise movie works so well for me is it's a time that I'm not familiar with necessarily, you know, cause I didn't live through it and it's interesting and you get to do fun things with like art direction Mm -hmm. and costume and all this stuff. And it it, it brings me into that world more than just seeing, you know, Tom Cruise in a, in a button down in the middle of the desert, like the, the mummy remake was, but yeah, I don't know. It's, um, it's, it's a gap. In movies, just like westerns, they don't make westerns really anymore. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. not not to the same scale that they were doing in the '60s and '70s. It was like every other movie was a western back then. Well, it's interesting because you, you know, when when you say that, the first thing that popped in my head was um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because of Rick Dalton's character. Yeah, right? he was a and and he was doing westerns. Yeah. So, but that was again, that was a timepiece. Yep. A piece within a piece, so so to speak, and and uh, and I think, yeah. As a kid, I was like, I had, you know, there was John Wayne and um, Gene Autry, and uh, you know, all these like we're talking old school, and those those westerns were cool, and and that those came out of a time not too far before them, right? And th- those were period pieces that they right. were doing, right? And, um, and then, you know, you got Bonanza on TV and all this other stuff. And so even, even the TV programming has changed significantly. Um, but you know, as the TV programming kind of watered down that genre for me personally, where it was like, it became mundane. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think, you know, maybe something like video game reboot, for a period piece like Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. Maybe a film comes out of that. You right. Know? I don't know. Well, looking at, I mean, here, I guess bringing up, that's a good point, actually. So bringing up video games, 
um, they're making an Uncharted movie. Mm-hmm. Now, Uncharted is the closest thing I can think of to a modern adventure movie. Right. But it takes place in current time. But it again, it's dealing with artifacts and old things. It's not yeah. current things or whatever. And so I think it's going to be a real test if they can get the Uncharted movie good and then it's successful now how many adventure movies are we going to start seeing again right yeah because well, of if course. it'll kick off a whole renaissance of them maybe sure. and honestly i'm here for it yeah because me too. It, it, I, I i keep like waiting for more westerns to come back and so are the actors and so are the produ- yeah. and so are the director like i mean they all grew why do you up think those period them? pieces right. are so popular in right. you know we we're I mean, Game of Thrones, right? Period yeah. piece. I mean, though it's not a movie, it's a show, but still, I mean, how, I mean, we're playing dress up and make believe. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, make, to break it down to the most simple form, sure. right? And we're telling stories by, in, in, yeah, you that campfire stories with a budget. Yeah. So yeah. why not? I think, I think there's room there for it. I mean, just, I know we're talking a lot about, but just because we just had a conversation about, you know, James Gunn, James Gunn doing an adventure film, I think would be wild and fun. Oh, for sure. Because he's such an ensemble director. Well, and he's already done an adventure film. If you look at, if you look at guardians, it's just an adventure film in space. Yeah. So take that same, his, his strengths and take, you know, bring that to, and then drop him in the middle of, yeah, you know, some different eighteen forty nine, right? Wherever, yeah, yeah. I think it would be awesome, and I think there's there's got to be directors that are, you know, growing up that grew up watching, you know, those old, I don't know, fifties, seventies adventure movies. Mm-hmm. You know that there aren't great like we brought brought up Michael Douglas. You know, Jewel the Nile, and then Romancing uh, Romancing the Stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like those were in the eighties, those yeah. movies. Yeah. So I grew up watching them. I mean, I didn't watch those like a bunch of times, but I've seen them. Sure. So there's gonna be directors out there that those movies like affected and they're gonna be coming up and in the next five, ten years and saying, I wanna do my own version. Yeah. Like I it, it's kind of surprising to me that we haven't had and maybe we haven't, I just don't know it, but a Romancing the Stone remake. You know, mm-hmm. like, what? Why are we focusing on remaking? I don't know dramas and action movies and stuff, and not movies that have a bigger th- idea. Yeah, a bigger set piece. You yeah, know? I mean, I get probably budget is the reason, but well, maybe we should sit down and get writing. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> that, that is a huge problem, though. Is adventure movies cost a lot of money? You know, going on location and all that. But I don't know, maybe. With the, with the volume technology now, I mean, you could do a lot of stuff. I mean, you can get in a three hundred and sixty degree room of LED wall it's like true. they're doing for Mandalorian. And yeah. You can transport to wherever you want. Yeah, it's true. I, I I wouldn't be surprised. You know, if I don't know the numbers behind Jungle Cruise, I don't think it was doing crazy good numbers. Um, but if it did well, and then this Uncharted movie does well, and then the, the next Indiana Jones movie does well. I wouldn't be surprised if we see an influx again of adventure films. It, this was a lot of fun. I mean, I like I said, it just the 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 tongue in cheek humor, 
the, the how deadpan the you know Dwayne delivers it yeah the chemistry the story right the actual storyline was it was a good storyline yeah. like you know it's like hey this is entertainment this was totally entertaining i love the spin that's why it reminded me so much of the first pirates is parts of the caribbean the ride has no storyline really no so then they took something and they made a good storyline with it and it worked and i think they did that with this too because there's not really a, a story for the jungle cruise ride you know i'm sure there is now because they just did a remodel of it and i haven't looked into it because i don't want to be spoiled and right i want to experience it myself but um you know, I think that's just something that they didn't really think about for the following Pirates movies. They didn't think about, they just, they just like, hey, this worked. Let's just keep these characters going. Let's find out. Let's just think of situations to put them in as opposed to like really sitting down and fleshing out like, if this ride was a story, how would we tell it? And uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's probably the downfall I think to me in the Pirates movies is there hasn't ever really been a, captivating story since the first one for me you know that has really resonated and jungle cruise i think i think it had a it and i'm not saying it's this greatest citizen kane academy award winning for story you know story but it's great like it, it works for the story that they're trying to tell um i will say though i have to give one negative about it um the cg is a little wonky Later on, when when the the Spaniards are the the monster versions of themselves, oh yeah, yeah, it's just a little kind of like you could have done that a little differently. I think there could have been a little bit more practical with computer animation to get that. But I felt like that was intentional. I felt like maybe it was a little hokey because oh okay. I mean that that's how it hit me. Interesting. Like I agree. There okay. was like oh you could have like added, but it a almost little, felt like, pulpy for. <laughs> On yes. purpose. Yeah, and I felt huh. like maybe they went a little hokey on that just because of well, yeah. I mean, one guy's of, made out of bees and honey, so, <laughs> right? I yeah. mean, just the vibe of the movie, the right. story itself. It, I felt I, like it supported it. I guess I would have just rather had them have the real actors' faces at least. Gotcha. Um, because it's completely CGing the face. You know, Uncanny Valley. It just doesn't it doesn't work yet. It's not there yet. Yeah. Um, so if it would have at least been their faces and then just CG stuff all around them, I think I probably would have been okay with it. Even if that looked weird, like if that was still a little off, having the real actors, real faces, I think would have been better, at least to me, um, seeing that kind of mix with of practical and CG. Cause there's no way, I mean, the actors were definitely there. Right. I mean, they didn't hire right. these, you know, the, especially the main Spaniard right. They're actor. probably in the green, yeah. you know, sensor suits and that right. whole thing. Yeah. So I, I just, I would have rather have seen them mix a little bit more practical with the, with the CG stuff. But again, they, they killed, they killed the transitions. You know, they, they hit the vibe of everything, you know, the, the zooming out of the, of the, the river and then turning into the map. Right. Yeah. And then zooming back in and then the you know, the map changing. Like just they, they nailed yeah, all cool. of that aesthetic. Yeah. The aesthetic is just is, is really well done. Fantastic. I had a ton of fun with it. I hope they make another one. Yeah. Because now they're in London. River Thames is in London. Oh. Do the Jungle Cruise two oh, okay. on the River Thames, you know? Huh. Jungle Cruise yeah, from it, London it, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That sounds interesting. I mean, we're headed into headhunter territory. Which is a terrible place to be headed. <laughs> Sorry. Never, it's never going to end. 
It's never going to end. But one of the cool things about, so one, one of the things that I remembered um, about Pirates was Johnny Depp showed up at Disneyland for a day and actually was in the ride. live action yeah. from from the shore was in the ride. So yeah. if you were there that like three or four hours that he was there, right. you actually got to see the real Jack Sparrow, which yeah. was awesome. And apparently, apparently, um, uh, Emily and Dwayne. Yes. Did actually, you watch the video? Yeah. I'm, I've got it up on the screen right now. I was it's, like, it's pretty funny because they were secret jungle cruise skippers and totally. Well, it wasn't this. a secret, but I mean, it's it, hard to be a secret yeah. when you're, but when you pull up in the it's boat, it's funny because they have earpieces in and Jack, Jack Whitenall is feeding them lines. Okay. So he's just saying, and they have to say whatever he says. Oh, wow. And so it's pretty funny. So check that out after we're, after we're done or whatever. Yeah, secret but, skipper, Disney's jungle yes, cruise. It's it now. pretty, pretty good um yeah pretty funny so anyways definitely recommend jungle cruise i i recommend the suicide squad i think you need to watch it again um yeah and if I'm you not, don't like it again after the second time that's fine yeah you know um and again like i said i gotta take i'm gonna take responsibility as a, a participant you yeah. know as the viewer as my pro you know it's i i you bring up a good point though it's not always the filmmaker's fault it's not it's not sometimes we walk in with with wrong expectations or sometimes we have different ideas of what we think it should be or shouldn't be and then it it isn't that and Mm. then we get all bunged up about it and and that's that's not that's not on them right and i think you know especially in our day and age there's a lack of taking responsibility a lack of taking personal responsibility so i want to promote that because i think that's a healthier community it's a healthier place to be um you know i don't i'm not a fan as as are you we're not fans of throwing shade or criticism and in, in, in that type of thing without and, critique yeah yeah and, and i think or without without a solution i, guess I mean I we say. you know and and you know Although we have that we one do, series, we, but I mean, we do we break stuff down? Do we do we criticize things sometimes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, and we have experiences, and and but at the same time, in the same vein, we also got to take personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking personal responsibility. Um, I love the I love the Harlequin character. I love what uh, Idris Elba brings, um, and I'm a fan of James Gunn. So yep. am I going to give it another shot? Yes, absolutely. I will give another shot with proper expectation. Now, last week we were talking about helmets because you've got a couple behind me. We, yeah, I do. And uh, I knew I know the new helmet that I want to put on my shelf at home mm-hmm. next to my Boba Fett and uh, Doom guy. Uh, Bloodsport's skull. That was helmet cool. Is sick. That was pretty cool. Yeah. It was. There's like some alien teeth sticking out of the bottom. Yeah, of it's that, like it's like skull teeth like, wait, just what? on the bottom jaw yeah. or whatever. And uh, it just it. You remember the the remember the show Lost in Space, obviously, yeah, of course. And then the movie that they did in the late '90s with, um, gosh, uh, well Gary Oldman's in it, mm-hmm. and then the guy from Friends is in it, Matt LeBlanc. Matt LeBlanc's character has this helmet that he pushes a button and it goes, you know, comes over his head. And it was like the first time we'd seen that. It's completely CGI and it was like a big deal at the time. Well, this Bloodsport helmet reminded me just the same thing. Like such a cool style. I've always loved that style. Like that, uh, I'm saying the word aesthetic again, but 
I don't know. The design of it is so sick and uh, really, really enjoyed it. So I can't wait to put that on my shelf. I'm definitely going to find one. There's not one out there yet. I saw a few on Etsy that were like 3D printed, but they look kind of terrible. They're not there yet. So I'm waiting for that official whatever DC Legends version, Yeah, yeah. you know, uh, they come out with. I'm definitely going to grab. Let me give you some advice. Don't buy it on Instagram. <laughs> or, yeah, or some <laughs> weird company off of eBay. Right. Yep. All right, I think that about does it. Yeah, I think so. It's been a good one. Um, it's been fun. And, yeah. You got another dad joke for us? I mean. Let's get one more. Let's see. Um, go ahead and use the soap to wash yourself ashore. <laughs> that one's pretty bad. That one's pretty bad. <laughs> that one's pretty bad. Got another one? You got a better one for, to leave us on? Um, uh, let's see. Yeah. Well, you were all outstanding today. Now I need to ask you to all outstanding on the dock, which means get off, <laughs> get of my, off boat. my boat. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. All right. We are on uh, Instagram. Uh, and are we on Twitter? Yeah, we are on Twitter. So Instagram at antifilm film club. Yep. Uh, um, same on Twitter. Twitter is anti film club because Twitter Twitter's user oh, handle characters. limits the number of characters. Yep. So anti film club, just one film on that, right? And uh, then uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, email us at anti film film club at gmail dot com. Yeah, and I said anti correctly. Yeah, you did. Time. Doing great. Yeah, I'm evolving. It's fantastic. It's good. Um, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it. And uh, leave a review if you can on Spotify or Apple. That would be awesome. And uh, tell your friends. Yeah, it'd be great. It'll yeah. be fun. It'll be fun. All right, thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.